Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. The most important thing? Self-confidence. Without that skill, and I use the word skill intentionally, without that skill we are useless because when you lose sight or belief in yourself, we're done for. I use the definition of self-confidence to be the ability or the belief to believe in yourself to, to accomplish any task, no matter the odds, no matter the difficulty, no matter the adversity. The belief that you can accomplish it, self-confidence. Some of you are saying, oh, great, I don't have it, I'm so shy, I'll, I'll never do good. I'm so... And you start to drag all the way down here. Welcome to Right Lane, a podcast at the Tampa Bay Times. Each week, Times reporter Lane DeGregory discusses her stories and answers your questions. The focus is on craft. My name is Maria Carrillo, and I'm the Enterprise Editor at the Times. Joining us today on the podcast is Leonora Lapeter Anton, another member of our Enterprise team. Leonora was on recently, and we talked about the different paths that she and Lane took to getting on an enterprise team. Today, we thought we'd discuss something that we talk about a lot, confidence. But we'll put it another way. Today's topic, I don't suck that bad. Most writers, of course, are notoriously insecure. A few swing completely the other way and are fairly arrogant. So I'll start by asking these guys where they fall on that pendulum. Um, well, I'm insecure. Sounds like an AA meeting. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, my name is Leonora. And I'm insecure. Um, no, uh, I'm, I am. I'm, it, I feel like it's, it's a, both a cross and a, um, you know, something that's good. It, it, it's, it's on my, my brain all the time, but at the same time, it pushes me to work harder and harder. So um, I don't know why I am that way, but I just I'm always not feeling that I'm as good as everybody around me. Um, and I remember um, when Lane and I were on the Enterprise team, there were four or five, no, there was about five or six of us, something like that. And it was Jeff Klinkenberg and John Barry and Ben Montgomery and Michael Cruz and Lane. And John Barry and I would be like, okay, you're number four on the team today and I'm number five because you had a story. And then we'd switch spots because everybody else was number one, two, and three, of course. We were never the, the best one on the team. So it was just that kind of thing. Um, you know, um, I, I, it's just taken a long time to, um, get confidence. I'm better, of course. Um, um, I've worked really hard at it, but it's still there. Um, it's interesting when I first got here and was talking to Leonora, she was, we were talking about, you know, what she was trying to accomplish as a reporter and what she thought she did well and what she was struggling with. And, um, she talked about confidence and she taught, and she, at one point she said, the Pulitzer helped her a little. Um, but you were still dealing with that sort of question of, I mean, just trying to make sure that you live up, I guess, to whatever standard you think you're setting for yourself at that point. But I assume the confidence has sort of, it's changed from the, from your early days when you were probably, confidence was different then. It was just trying to prove yourself. Uh, yeah. Um, I just, I just remember feeling bad a lot 
you know, sitting at my desk, um, I remember an editor sending out a list of contest winners, and everybody was on the list except me. <laughs> and I just remember feeling really bad about that, you know. Um, I, you know, I just, that time that Mike told me I wasn't good enough, well, you know, um, I probably wasn't, you know. Um, but it made me work harder because two years later I came back. Um, so, um, you know, I don't know if I answered your question, but... Um, it's just part it's it's part of my makeup and I can't change it but what I do feel like is is that the Pulitzer helped a little bit <laughs> um and I call it I call it the cushion for my insecurity um you know uh and um I'm you know I'm I'm you know I'm not I'm not I don't lack confidence when I'm doing my job I love doing my job I work really hard I try really hard to give it my all um but inside you know, there's a, a running voice going on, and I, I just have to work at getting rid of that. So I mean, I'm going to let Lane talk a little bit about this, and then we'll come back because I want to talk to you guys about what you think you do well and how that, that where that struggle is. But so for Lane, for you, talk about confidence and how it's played a role in your career. I mean, I've I've always always wanted to do this, so I always felt like I didn't have a choice. Like this is what I had to do, and I had to just keep getting better at it. Um, I I don't feel. I think my confidence is different than Leonora's, isn't it? I think Leonora compares herself to other writers a lot, and, and, and the confidence comes in, like, am I as good as them? Mine is more of a question about, am I worthy of the story? I feel like I'm always like, oh, my God, this person has just given over their most precious and hard moment of their life to me, and now I've got to take it and write it for the rest of the world, and am I worthy of that? You know, Can I do them justice? I never, ever feel, like, even like my stories on the most proud of, I don't feel live up to what it should be when someone's giving you their life to write about, you know? So I think that's where a lot of my insecurity comes in is like, am I being fair to these people? Am I being honest with my readers? Am I giving it as much as they gave me? You know what I mean? Um, one thing I want to say, Leonore, is you're really confident about your reporting now. I think it's when you kind of sit down with your material and have to go into this cave and go, ah, what do I do with it? That's when the, the insecurity really starts to mount because you know what you're doing. You know, it's just it feels like that there's a moment between you're such an amazing reporter and you do all this fun stuff and get it all. And then it's like, oh, now it's just me and I got to figure it out. You don't know, you, and don't you guys think that there's just kind of an evolution when you get into your career and you are you, I think for most of us, you walk into a, into a newsroom and there are some people who have been doing the job for a long time and some people are really great writers and some people are terrific reporters and you know they distinguish themselves in different ways but when you're young and you're trying to find your way and you're you're kind of thinking you want to do it all and you want to be good at all of it instead of sort of coming to a place where you kind of are sort of at peace with the things that you do well and 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 kind of acknowledging what you may need to work on but I think there's all that pressure I, I, it's hard to shake, I think, early in your career and, and comparing yourselves to other people in the newsroom because uh, you just, it, that's what happens, you know? Well, and I think it's good to never be satisfied, you know? I feel like both of us are, are really, really strive, and we talk about this a lot. Like we don't want to be good enough. We don't want to, right. you know, like, I can do this in my sleep and just keep going on. Because we've, we've had colleagues or, or other people in the business where you can tell they're good enough and they can start phoning it in, you mm -hmm. know, and, and Leonore and I both are always like, what's the next thing we can try? How can we do something differently? We've never tried something like this before. So I think 
not not being complacent that I got this, you know, is probably a really good thing for it, us. It, for me, it's about uh, my whole career has been about taking risks, pushing through fear, pushing through things that I didn't want to do, even down to this latest project where I have to sit and call seven people on the phone one afternoon. And I'm worried that I'm not prepared for the interview or that they're going to say no or they're this or that or whatever. And I got to push myself to make those phone calls and you know, dial the, and mm-hmm. then, and push through, you know, and it's, it, it's, um, so I felt like my whole career has been pushing through and taking risks because I feel like you don't get ahead if you don't take risks, if you don't push yourself to get beyond what you are really good at and what's easy. Um, did that become a conscious choice? I mean, did you feel yourself sort of like, okay, I, I know that this is what I got to do. Mm-hmm. I got to always push myself into something that's not comfortable. It feels like I'm always doing it because I'm under so much stress all the time. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, I, but yes, I mean, I just, you know, um, all along, I'm just always trying to find unique stories that haven't been told before. Of course, every story has been told, I know. But just I'm always trying to find things that other people haven't done, trying to go places other people haven't gone. Um, I feel like that's the only way to distinguish yourself when you're not like some amazing, you know, um, gay Talese writer or whatever, you know. So, um, uh, so f- for me, you know, making sure that I'm still in this profession has been about um, trying to do things that are unique that other people aren't doing. But that, so that, see, there's, there's the pot. That's the the whole meaning for this podcast is it's all about working hard, right? Because nothing, I mean, nothing should come easy. If it's coming too easy, then the, it's probably not as good a story as it could have been. Um, Lane, would you, in t- talking about, like, or both of you, talk about a little bit about what you think you do really well at this point. I mean, what you feel more confident about. Um, you feel, I think, Leonora, confident, more confident in your reporting, right? Yeah, definitely. Like, I can sit on a phone with somebody without a list of questions for three hours and just keep going. Mm-hmm. And when I was younger, I couldn't. I don't think I could do that, you know, but now I can just, and then I know where to go and how to find new places for information and just keep digging. And I also feel better about approaching people and getting them to talk about, talk to me where I'm, my confidence um, wavers a little bit as, as Lane says, is in the writing process, Um, gathering all that information and coming back to the computer and starting to write the story is really hard for me. And, um, and, and, but I will say that that's gotten better, um, you know. I like you compared yourself to Columbo um, the other day when we were talking about going after, you know, reporting and, and you know, hard interviews with people. Has um, that been a process, too, sort of it, finding, finding that role and the way to, to get things out of people and getting confident at that? Well, I think Columbo comes naturally to me. <laughs> um, and she does not have the trench coat. <laughs> no, um, I, I think that... Um, you know, uh, when I'm talking to people, I don't sound like this intellectual, high-end person who, um, you know, just graduated from Harvard and Princeton at the exact same time. Um, I'm, uh, you know, I sound like a regular person, and I think that it gets people to open up a little bit more. Um, I stumble around with my words a little. I'm not, you know, sometimes I'm not, when I get nervous, I'm not as articulate. Um so, you know, it's 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 just being a regular person. I, I, I approach everybody, um, no matter their station in life or wherever they, whoever, just like they're my friend. Like I, I go up to them and I act like I would be talking to a friend and I force myself to pretend like I'm 
normal and I'm um, you know just a, a I am an outgoing regular person who can talk to you even though inside it's hard for me to do that mm-hmm. um, but it's gotten a whole lot easier I mean back when I first started that was one of the biggest things that I was struggling with I was like I'm not aggressive enough to be in this profession um, I'm never going to be able to go talk to all those people. I'm not going to be able to be good enough because I don't have that. And um, it took a long time to get that comfort. And I think for everybody, even not just me, you know, we all, it's hard to go up and talk to somebody who just lost their loved one on the side of the road or whatever. That's a mm-hmm. you know horrible part of it. But, um, you know, it's just, if, you know, I remember thinking, gosh, I'm, I was shy and I was insecure. And I remember thinking, God, Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. And now, you know, I, I, how am I going to be able to get information out of people when, you know, I'm not this, this aggressive person? And now, like, I mow down the cable people when I'm calling them, you know. I mean, the, nobody, you know, I'm like, you know, the, it's transferred over to my life. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, um, anyways. Um, so, Lane and I, of course, go back. So, I remember going back 20 years and she joins a team with two very experienced people and one other person who was about her age. So I think the two more experienced people, I mean, I think there was, um, that's sort of like, okay, are we, are they gonna show us up? Are we gonna come in on this team and not have, um, you know, they just have all the tools. They they know how to hit home runs and, and we're just trying to get on base. But I feel like you and Lon Wagner, who was the other youngster on that team, um, you know, you worked through that process. There was a right. There was a little bit of that intimidation factor, and there was a lot of stakes too, because we were on a team that was supposed to really um, prove itself and add a lot of value. Well, and there was a lot of intimidation, not just a little. I mean, I was coming from a little bureau where I, you know, I was shagging news stories all day, and, and those other, Diane and uh, Earl Swift had been beat reporters and prize-winning reporters, and. You know, they were so different. I mean, Diane, I felt like she wanted to nurture me and help me and make me feel better. And I felt like Earl wanted to, like, eat me for breakfast sometimes. <laughs> like, he was, he made me cry many, many times because he was like a tough love guy, you mm-hmm. know. And, and uh, so the combination of, of them, re- I think, really did build me in, into, I'm going to show them, you know, like. and uh, One of my worst moments as an editor when I was, I, we had this team and, and was, it was Earl Swift, Diane Tennant, Lane DeGregory and Lon Wagner. And every week. We would read one of our stories out loud as a group after I had edited it to see what the others would say about it. And one particular day, Earl was, I mean, I, it, didn't, it didn't really hit me as hard as it hit Lane, but he was making some some criticisms of this story. And yes, it, there was a puddle afterwards. And I think he was I trying to terrible. Help. I don't yes. think he was trying to be mean. I, no, think, I think he was, he was really, really trying, trying to help. To help. Yeah. But I also think I felt like, oh my God, I got this and I'm going to prove to them that I can do what they do. And then I was like, Oh, no, I don't. <laughs> he saw right through me that I didn't get this at all, you know, and so that was devastating, I think. So what at, at this point, what do you feel confident about in, in kind of what you do? Do you feel, yeah, I know you talked about the challenge of each story and feeling like whether you're up to that task, but do you feel more confident in your writing? Do you feel like more confident in the reporting? Um, 
I think to me it's like a sandwich. There's like three parts, right? So the, the bread on both ends, the reporting and the writing, I kind of feel like I got these pieces. But the middle part of the thinking and the soaring above and the finding a theme and the coming up with a structure and the what to leave in and what to leave out, that's the part I get terrified about. You know, that's the part where I just like, I get lost. When, when I'm mostly done with the reporting, but before I've started writing, I really am kind of no good to my friends or family because there's always these things going through my head that I'm completely distracted by. You know, I mean, it helps a ton that that Leonora and I can go out to eat dinner and know that each of us is not really listening to the other one until we get to our point of talking about our stories because there's just so much stuff you got to get through in your head. So to me, that's that's the scary part. That's the hard part is the between the the figuring out what to do. Once I kind of have a a format of what the story's going to be and where it's going to start and where it's going to end, the writing part is usually pretty fun, you know. What gives you guys confidence? Talk about what, what has helped build it up. And there's a scary pause. Radio silence. <laughs> 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 okay, I on. mean, you're more confident than you were when you started in this business, right? I, I think having an editor who <clears throat> believes in you, more than anything for me, it's having an editor who, who's like, yeah, here's what we're going to do. We got this. They're excited about it for me. They're on the same page. You know, it, if my editor's not interested in the story or not into it, then it's really hard, you know, to pull that off. So what, give some advice to people. Like, So if you're a young person or somebody and it doesn't have that kind of situation, I mean, you guys got it from each other, right? We got so a lot of it So it does help to have to go out and find somebody who will help be a support system. Yeah, and, and I think both of us have developed friendships with other, especially women our age, who aren't newspaper people but are professional people who like to read. And, you know, to have a non-newspaper person sometimes to talk about your story with is helpful, too, because you're like, are you interested, you know, as a reader? Like, not right. not in terms of the journalism, but just as a, a story reader, you know. Were you going to say, what, Leonora, about what gives you confidence? Um, well, I don't know about that, but I was going to say... <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I, I was, let's see here, I was going to say uh, that when I was um, coming up as a reporter, um, I didn't really ever have a mentor. Um, you know, this is, I'm talking about when I was, I was at those five papers, you mm-hmm. know, and I had editors who, you know, enjoyed working with me and I worked with them and it was great, but I never had somebody like outside who I could go to um, in the early days. Um, and I always felt so alone in my story. So I know that feeling of not having somebody to talk about and, you know, a story, finding somebody to talk about your story, you know, if somebody just gives you 15 minutes, well, that's really not enough because, you know, oh, here's the story. Here's the response, you know, quick, quick. Finding somebody who's going to take the time to listen and, and give a constructive response is, is hard. And so I just remember, a lot of time without a mentor. And I remember, you know, because I didn't have confidence, it was hard for me to connect with somebody to become my mentor. But I I would advise people to get somebody to mentor them. So for those moments when the story seems overwhelming and they need, you know, somebody to give them some feedback, um, uh, I think it's important. Well, and this is a, another podcast too, but I think having a photographer sometimes that you share a story with serves as that, you know, a, a partner to be exploring this with and to go on this journey with and be as immersed in the subject as you are. You know, not just someone who's going to come in and take a picture, but someone who's going to like follow the story's evolution with you. That that gives me a lot of confidence. So let's talk a little bit about gender because, I mean, it's, pre- it's probably a huge generalization and it will acknowledge that from the start, but... Uh, I think at least in my career, I mean, I have tended to feel like women are maybe they're more open and willing to acknowledge um, insecurities 
than than men. Um, and then there are other times where I felt generally there's been like men who are just who are. I, I don't know if it's sort of a, you know, I'm going to act confident, so therefore I am confident. You know, that's sort of like, I'm going to fake it, even if it, to, to, so I'll have that. But um, I feel like women second guess themselves more and are always questioning themselves a little more than men do. I'm just curious about what you guys think in terms of whether you've seen that too, whether you felt that. Oh, we've talked about that for years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and, and I. <laughs> I mean, I think part of some of it is what you're saying, and I don't know how to differentiate that. Sometimes are people just putting on, are, are especially young men, putting on this bravado because they don't want to seem vulnerable or like they don't know what they're doing, or weak, or, or yeah. are they, yeah, or weak, or, or are they genuinely that confident? And it's hard to tell sometimes. Maybe, you know, um, but I, I, I know I, I've heard Leonora do this, and I do this too, where you like you turn your story into your editor, and you're like. Yeah, I'm done, but I really, it kind of sucks, and I don't like this part, and I, I couldn't figure out the ending, and I'm sorry, help me, you know? Whereas you hear male colleagues turn to me, this is the best thing I ever wrote, I can't wait for you to read it, it's going to wow the world, you know? And so even the way you pitch your story to your editor, I think, is is different, you know? And it's not just men and women, I mean, but but generalization-wise, yeah. yeah. Right, when I pitched my story, I always undersell. It's, it's, it's just, I, I don't mean to, but it is, it's how it is. It's just how, always how it's been. And you guys don't think I see through that. <laughs> <laughs> the other day, Lisa had a great answer. I said, what do you, how did, how'd your story turn out? Or I said, do you like it? And she goes, yes and no. <laughs> okay, that's a good answer. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I it's it's hard. I, I think what Leonora is saying about mentors is important because I think people they kind of out in a cave sometimes, and and that may be that may be part of the difference too. I think I think men tend to sometimes find those mentors more easily um, because it's a, it's sometimes it's an ask. Sometimes it's I need a mentor, and you like you say you got to build up the you got to go and try to create a relationship. And it may not feel natural. Um, so, I don't, and so building in terms of building each other up and feeling confident in a newsroom, I think those are those are challenges. Um, so, what um, what has helped you guys? What else has helped you guys as you've gone through your careers besides winning Pulitzers and winning awards? Because I, gu- I guess there's some added pressure there because in other years you're looking and well, if we don't win this year, what does that mean? What what helps you? Well, I think. The title of the podcast, I remember putting a sticky note on Leonora's computer one year. I think the year you were working on your Pulitzer story. And it was basically like, I don't suck that bad. Like, just telling your people around you, like, giving, yeah. g- getting feedback from my colleagues, you know, getting your feedback from readers um, is always invaluable to me. Mm-hmm. I, I just remember um, like that feeling of not having somebody to talk to. And I, I remember going, well, that editor, can I go... Uh, maybe but but this one and then I maybe sometimes I'd try and you know these because what happens is you're in you're on a metro desk and the person who's editing you has 50,000 other reporters and all this and they're just trying to get the story done and so they're not really sometimes as into these you know narrative stories as as say you are Mm -hmm. and so um, you're sitting there and you don't know whether you've what you've done is good or not, you know, um, and you don't know whether it could be better. Like, what if it's this story? I worked so hard on it. I, I want somebody who's, you know, knows narrative to look at it and figure out if there's something I could improve it, you know. So just finding somebody that can be that person. And Lane, I, you know, did become that person for me. 
Um, and, and, but she's busy too, and she has a lot of things too. So it's just, it's a hard thing to um, operate. It's the, the ideal situation is to have an editor who really cares and wants to um, improve the story as much as you do and is invested in, as, invest, uh, is, is as invested in the story as you are. Well, and I feel like having a team really helps too. You know, like I, I did my first 10 years in a bureau and it was really, you're really by yourself. And I feel like a lot of Metro reporters too, you don't, you don't interact with the other reporters a lot. You're not talking stories because you're all shagging your own stuff. And having a team where you can sit down and know you guys are all on the same page and there's three or four other voices that you can talk through the stories as you're reporting before you start writing. You know, I, I think that like, I love being part of a team. That's a good note. So, uh, okay, if you have a question for Lane or Leonora about uh, this podcast or any of their stories, please email it to writelane at tampabay.com. That's W-R-I-T-E-L-A-N-E at tampabay.com. And join us next week on Wednesday morning for the next episode. This podcast was produced by Denise Keenan. Music was composed and performed by Dan DeGregory. Thanks for listening. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com work. Shopify.com work.